yeah, it was it was a rough time and um, not something I expected from the year. You know, this is essentially my like dream to be to be doing yeah. this and and certainly in uh, in the middle of it, it was it was not a dream. It was more of a nightmare and yeah, um, yeah I wanted to go home and, and not do it anymore. This podcast is brought to you by Trivelo Coaching, where we help triathletes and cyclists like you train smarter to race faster. I'm your host, Jordan Donnelly, and on my left is former Australian Ironman champion and head coach of Trivelo Coaching, Jared Donnelly. Tricky, welcome back to another episode. Thank you for joining us. Yeah, it's a pleasure. Um, it's been a big season for me, obviously, so I'm keen to yeah recap it with you guys after uh, we... We chatted about it before it all kind of happened and went down. So, yeah. Yeah, well, let's dive straight into it because, yeah, we spoke to you at the start of the season on this podcast and then you guys spoke a few times throughout the season on the Alt Route podcast um, and gave some updates. And you had a wide range of results. Um, you were very excited at the start of the season um, for what was to come. You were felt like you were in good form. You changed coaches. So, a lot has happened. So, can you start with a bit of a overview of the season give us a bit of a recap how do you how do you judge the season um and what are your reflections right now yeah i mean it it was uh how do i say um up and down the season i would yeah refer to it as um i mean like 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 you say when we started i was really excited and i i kind of changed coaches um midway through the summer once i knew i was doing the the american series uh, the lifetime grand prix and um wanted to you know step up and go to a new level so i could compete um at the front not only just you know take on the races but but i wanted to um, be in the front and it went quite well i mean that summer training period was really good um and you know i, I felt like i did that sea out around the first one just we spoke the, the night before that i think and that was pretty early in my my training phase and um i was really happy i think i was like six in the in the grand prix points there which was pretty solid um like a good start and mm. yeah so that was the, the building phase and i was confident with yeah the, the rest to come and then um yeah did a huge block for unbound the really long race in our season um which also went really well and i think i got over there i got back over there um in really good shape for that and then had a mechanical in the race with the, the mud and stuff that Nick and I have and spoken out about um, as well. And then um, I think that's kind of where it went wrong for me. Like I, I had the frustration of that poor result in the second round, um, went to altitude the day after that because the next few races were at altitude for us um, and literally on the Monday got stuck into, you know, some big hours Um for the next few weeks and then I, I pretty much trained myself into a hole which I've never done mm. before um, and I can only attribute that to the altitude and obviously obviously doing too much um, and yeah you know it was hard to kind of convey these feelings to my coach um, at the time um, who was in Spain and um, he's, he's a great coach he does a really good job but in terms of like that communication breakdown I think it just it was just like I say hard to kind of communicate how I was feeling and, and I typically I guess overdo it or, or at least, uh, do what's prescribed, um, even if I'm not feeling so great or, or, or that sort of thing. And, um, it just worked against me. And, and I, and I, I was absolutely creeping by the, the midpoint of the, the year, um, more than I ever have before, you know. And it was, yeah, like I spoke about with Nick, like, I, this is the most I've, most focus I've put into my cycling in, in, in 20 years, say. And 
that was having some of the worst feelings on the bike I've ever had, which mm. is pretty crazy to think. Um, yeah, so it was a matter of like trying to get out of that hole and um, had some really poor results in the middle of the season. Um, fortunately, we can drop a couple of races in, out of the seven. Um, so I was, you know, by the skin of my teeth, kind of just hanging in there and. Um, yeah, I just had to trust myself, and in the end, I ended up, um, yeah, kind of separating from that coach and and just kind of um, going back to my roots of what I kind of know about myself and what I've always done, and um, went back to my old coach uh, Ben Hill, and um, yeah, we managed to salvage like some pretty good results towards the end of the season, um, which, to be honest, it it's it's shaped the next um, couple of years of my life, I would say. Um, wow. just the fact that I held strong through there and, and came back, um, because if I hadn't had the result, results at the end, um, I wouldn't be going back next year, um, for sure. And hmm. yeah, I mean, who knows what happens next year, but like, um, yeah, it's pretty, uh, it's pretty crazy how it all turned around and, and yeah, I'm pretty, um, proud of myself that I, that I was able to like stick with it and turn it around and, and just trust my instinct a bit, right? Like I've done this a long time and, um, that's a really hard thing to do, I find. And, um, yeah, I'm, I'm, I'm proud that I was able to do that and, and, and it paid off in the end, which I, I honestly did not think it, I was going to get back to that level, um, mm. this, this year and, and compete with those guys. And, and in the end, I ended up yeah, beating all the Grand Prix guys in the last race and, and second in the race itself. So, yeah, it was a, it was an up and down season. There's heaps in that. Um, I really want to dive into the specifics of that period where it really went downhill um, because it's just so, one, it's fascinating, but two, it's so necessary for us to learn as, as age groupers and athletes because people do that. So, so talk us through that process. How did that start? And what was the specifics around the training and the volume that you were doing um, to get you into that hole? compared to normal um, and in hindsight it was it was it just volume or was it a combination of volume and altitude like you said um can you can you give us a bit of an insight into that yeah i think i think what happened was i did these huge training weeks back home after after our first round seattle we had about six weeks until unbound <clears throat> and i i had an easy week after seattle and traveled home which was fine and then i got really stuck into it back here which you have to do, I mean, we're doing a race that's 10 hours long. So you have to do that volume. Um, and obviously you need to do that like kind of fatigued um, endurance work, like like um, fatigue resistance and stuff, which I was doing a lot of and, and enjoying it and also really starting to move well towards the end of that block, like a month or so. Um, you know, I'm, I was doing like eight, nine hour rides. There was, the last week I did, I think I did um, three or three like nine or ten hour rides in in this week, um, and with efforts in the end, like in the last part and stuff, which is pretty gnarly to think. And I think at that point I was just on the edge of doing too much, but I, I was still hanging on to it and still going well. And the last one I did, I, I nailed and was even blowing myself away the the numbers I was doing in this final hour of nine hours or whatever. Um, which is great, and I think that's the type of training you um, you need to do. And I'll, I'll stick with something like that next year. But uh, what happened was that the fatigue from that is um, retained, right? Whether you do the race, whether you win the race, whether you get like a hundred k's in, and, or, or bloody sixteen k's in, like I did, and have a mechanical, mm-hmm. and um, 
I rode to like the first feed um, in my eleven tooth um, chain chain ring, and you know I was just frustrated with the day and how it all planned out, and um, which is which doesn't really matter so much. Like the race is the race, but if you've done that work in the training, like three or four weeks of twenty five hours plus thirty hour weeks, um, you just need to re- recover from that anyway. Like. Yeah. Whether you do the race or not, it's yeah. it's sort of like that block of training. You really need to focus on recovering from that. Um, and I think just with the frustration of the race, I was straight under my coach. And I, the the next race we had was um, a high altitude like climbing race. Um, and I was just really eager to to make amends for what had happened that day in the, the second round at Unbound. And um, yeah, it, it you know we started doing more of these longer fatigued rides with efforts in the in the final part but also with the factor of altitude which coming from australia i mean i've raced at altitude before in europe and stuff but it's not it's not the same as doing you know i was living at altitude and and doing seven hour training rides or six hour training rides with intervals and stuff um that takes a proper toll and and that's you know that's like races you know that's like a, mm. a big race and i'm doing that a couple times a week um so i think yeah it's it's something i really need to work on for next year and i think you know even say if i just came flew from oz to the the altitude race like leadville or something i I think just my base fitness level without any altitude preparation or or training i would be be better than what i was this year just from that hole that i got into so um yeah i think that's what it came down to like just doing that unbound training block um, which has to be done, but you also need to really consider recovering from that. Um, yeah. It's such a sliding door moment too, Trekkie, that we kind of spoke about before. Um, as much as you're going into the Lifetime Series and you think of it as a whole, Unbound was definitely your A race and one that you thought suited you um, so well. And I mean, if you had a result there, you're probably pretty stoked. You take the time to recover and you don't fall into that hole and something happens out of your control um, and the athlete mentality is, I'll oh, just put that one past me. I'll focus on the next race. Um, and that may be where that um, communication with you, um, the coach and, the, and that barrier there may have affected that also, not being able to properly communicate that and being like, irrespective of the race not going the way that it planned, um, you still did that massive load. Let's pair it back mm-hmm. a bit and reload again. So uh, just... And something that out of your control to have such an impact on your season, um, I think is a great lesson to everyone and all athletes to be able to step back and have that bit of perspective or communication with their coach. Yeah, I think so. I think it's, I think it's uh, paramount to, you know, and especially in a series like we're doing, like it's not, we don't have just two or three races a year, you know, it's like, it's a series and, and every race kind of counts and, um, yeah, it, it, like it, it took three races out of my series, basically, you know. Hmm. Um, so it's it's uh, it's a hard pill to swallow when um, you get to that point because it's not an instant recovery. Like you can't just you can't just take a week off and be flying again. It's like you have to rebuild and um, take it slowly, and and that's what I did. And yeah, I mean, like I say, I, I was I was really proud of myself and pleased that I got out of that kind of spot because i like i say in, in many many years of doing this i've never had that happen like i uh, 
yeah, I, I put so much into it that, um, yeah, it was too much. And, and in the end, it, it, it fell in a heap and, um, yeah, I had to kind of rebuild it. But like I say, go back to my roots and go listen to your body, which is something I'm really not good at doing. Um, <laughs> I'm, I'm way better at reading my training schedule and, yeah, uh, yeah, I, I'm really not good, really not good at, um, listening to my body. I don't think, um, which, it seems strange to be this far down the track and still have that struggle, but I think a lot of people do. And um, I, I'm way better at just reading my program and, and going and giving a crack and, to the best that I can. And, and I think pretty pretty successfully um, usually. But you know, when you're in that spot, um, that's not the solution. You have you have to just like yeah, li- listen to what your body's saying. And if you can't perform, like you know. At, 60% of what you normally would or, or 50%, then that's a problem and you, you need to stop it there and, yeah, rewind and, 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 and reassess for sure. There's so many cool lessons in this and I really want to focus on the recovery side because I think that it's so important for so many athletes to understand and get your perspective on. We happened to speak to Dill Johnson at the end of his season last year and he had the same kind of sentiment that he just felt completely overworked and he was just flat by the end of the season and he was he was thinking himself and he commented on the podcast about what he would change for next year and he just said the relentless races and the relentless training sessions you need to do for the races just got to him and he was completely cooked by the end. Are you finding that a lot of the guys and girls uh, in the series are having the same sort of sentiment and are getting completely overcooked? Um, is it just a scheduling thing? Um, it's just the nature of the event that you have to be that prepared. Are you are you seeing that kind of pattern among a lot of other athletes? Yeah, I think so. And I think the Americans typically have like a, a very structured off season and, and, you know, they hang it up in – October, uh, I think even the Grand Prix runs a little bit longer than they'd like into the end of October. Kind of the seem the vibe I kind of get from the field is that they're, they're kind of tired by that point. And, um, <clears throat> which, uh, for me, it's, it's, it's kind of okay, even though like I didn't manage the mid part well, but that wasn't just a, like, uh, you know, I wasn't tired from racing. I was just, it was just how it went, uh, with the altitude, et cetera. But mm-hmm. for me, it's like that is almost an advantage that it runs quite long because, you know, in the past I've, I've mountain biked through the, through the winter and stage races and this and that. Um, and then coming to the summer, like I'm, I'm doing the road racing and, and road nets and stuff. So to be going like kind of year, year round is, you know, not so foreign to me. So it's the longer, like if we were racing, if we had a couple of more rounds, you know, in November, I wouldn't have been mad about it because I was, mm, um, I was, I was going well and yeah, um, you know, it's, it's not such a stretch for me to, to go that long. And I think, um, but for sure, like you see the ebbs and flows of people within the series that, um, you know, like Alexi, um, at the first race, Sea Otter, he wasn't, he was way back, not, you know, not, not going well at all. But then come the midpoint, he's like one of the guys, um, winning the races and, and right in the front and, and, um, yeah, so it just it is a long season for sure, and I mean it's it's not like uh, the races we're doing each one pretty much apart from the the short Schwarmigan race, um, they're big events, right? Like um, taking proper tolls on on bodies, um, long, really long races, hard like altitude climbing, all this. Um, so for sure, you know, it's not like. Um, 
it's not like they're small races that you're able to, you know, bounce back from week on week. It's like, yeah, it, it takes a toll and and everyone's kind of chucking extra events in, in between the, the Grand Prix rounds for sure. I was um, as well. Um, but, yeah, I mean, like I say, for me, it's not so foreign to be going, well, at least at least to have to, you know, manage that and over a long period of time and, and manage the shape, um, come down and up. Uh, when you need to and and i guess rest um but i mean yeah in terms of learning uh, i've learned a lot this year more than more than i have ever and um to kind of come out of it with with all those lessons and and also with some success it's like yeah it's it's a it's a good year for me keep diving into it so in terms of learnings uh, i want to start with a really specific question what would you change recovery wise if to, to avoid that hole? I mean, the, how do you get that balance right between the workload that's required and the races and then obviously your, your racing schedule changed and, and what if you had to change something, what would you change to get that recovery right? Yeah, I think for me next year, I've looked at probably um, I'll do the first two rounds with a pretty good focus. Like I think from road nats, I can um, take a small break or, or do the um, Adelaide gravel race and then take a small break Um and builds really strong into April. Our, our first round is Sea Otter again. Um, and then do the same thing, come home and do an unbound prep, prep block, um, do that race. And then I'm looking at maybe skipping the next one, which is the Crusher race um, for two reasons. Like, yeah, like we're talking about the, the manage that load. Um, also, I'm going to be traveling back and forward a bit more this year. Um, and I just think it's just not a race for me. Like, I think, um, it's a bit of a, you know, risk to, to keep the training going from there and hit that one as hard as I can when I think it's probably not a race that I'm going to, you know, um, hang on to in terms of points. Um, and then get going for the, you know, the last three or four, um, is my plan and my, my learnings in terms of that recovery. Like, I think, you can like afford to drop one race um, just through your know, kind of schedule management. Um, and then obviously there's another one to drop um, for a mechanical or, or whatnot that, that may happen and may come about. Hmm. Trekkie, I was pretty intrigued to see you uh, announce that you're having another crack at road naps just with the way that now your season unfolds. It's kind of almost like a world tour um, right or right with a lot of your um, races throughout the middle of the year and then traditionally for them road nationals is kind of pretty hard because they've had to have a break they've only really just started coming back out um, so what's your intentions for nationals and the new um, SBK gravel race in Adelaide is it to be that you'll be in top form or is it more um, using that um, as a kind of a bit of a lead-in or um, what are your expectations around those and your plans? Yeah I mean I think being at Running Young is, uh, I don't know, become part of my brand, I guess, a little bit. Um, and I really love it. And it's the last the last one there for, you know, the foreseeable future. So, yeah, for me, it's, it's a bit of a no-brainer to, to get in shape and, and get down there. Um, in terms of expectations, I think, yeah, like you say, it, it's a challenge now. Like I only had, I only took, I mean, let's call it just a week and a half off after Big Sugar, our last uh, race in the series um and started again yeah a week and a half later journey again and and you know a lot of the americans haven't even touched it they just haven't touched their bike now which is a month 
Um, mm. So yeah, it was challenging, and I and I for the first time kind of felt pretty um, fatigued about starting to train hard again, like so soon. Like it, it with so much focus on this year, and and you know, like you say, I mean, this is a normal thing for for world tour guys. It's not it's not so crazy, but for me, like to have so much focus on on my training and my my uh shape throughout the year like you know, literally every day it's something you're you're striving for and um to do the best job at and um it just it comes a bit tiring by by that period you know um six or eight months in it's like well probably more um 10 months say it's you know you start the work in for sure in january for um for april and and the rest of the year so yeah it, it was tiring to come and think i had to yeah start doing it again but um in the past i also think i've kind of gone too long too long out from nationals so starting um you know early october you know with the base for for nationals um and then starting my like simulation workouts you know maybe six weeks out i think has been possibly too long in the past and and i've done Mm. some rides like i do this simulation um sessions and and you know the last year for sure like three weeks before the race i was absolutely flying and and you know going the best i've I've ever gone in this this simulation session and then by by the race i think i was actually a bit overdone so yeah for me it's like a pretty of a forced you know change up in the prep and um yeah i'll just have a shorter period to get ready for it but i think um yeah i mean i I struggle i'll struggle to go to bunningong without um wanting to do the best job i can and 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 um yeah like i say i feel like it's a bit of my brand to be there and be kind of near the front if i can and um yeah i'll put a focus on it for sure it's like it's like a cool race and um yeah i always want to do well there and and like i say the last one there it's uh yeah it's important and and then on to um you know that's good because i want to be going well for that the adelaide gravel race the new one that um yeah is, is is come on board and um it's kind of yeah, Nationals kind of forces me to get ready for that as well. And then I'll uh, come back down a bit after that. It's a really awesome lesson here for the listeners, especially any Ironman or um, endurance athletes, how much emphasis you put on the simulation sessions. And I mean, doing three, eight, nine, ten hour rides in a week is just out of control. Um, you know, for a lot of Ironman athletes, building up to a, a five or six hour or seven hour kind of simulation day is the max I'll ever do. So it's really encouraging to see how much you're willing to push it, albeit being a professional athlete. One, what is your recovery from those rides? What are you doing specifically? Are you having a complete day off the day after, a couple of days after? This is, I think this is really important for people to know when they're doing their own kind of simulation sessions akin to their event. Yeah, yeah. Well, um, for sure. And and those unbound kind of simulation rides are something else. Um, and you know my learning from this year is that i wasn't resting enough after mm-hmm. after days like that um that with this with the coach i had at the time it was like that was that was the kind of endurance simulation although it had pretty high intensity intervals towards the end um and then the next day we might have like kind of more vo2 workouts and stuff or or in the days to follow which mm. is just too much you know like yep say say you did say say you did like a you know any kind of six or seven eight hour training ride regardless of what you did within that ride that that's fatiguing and um 
really doesn't matter how I mean the pace even like if you're sitting on a bike for that long it's like that's mentally and, and physically fatiguing <laughs> yeah. and, and that that yeah. can't be um underestimated for sure so yeah my learnings are that they're, they're required like those those long simulation days and and you know the race kind of efforts towards the end fatigued um i definitely think they're required but yeah like you say and that's something i think i did incorrectly is um is not put enough emphasis emphasis on on recovery in the days after like you know you wouldn't you wouldn't do an ironman and then and then go and um train the next day like this is not what you do you know you probably have a week off or whatever you know like Mm -hmm. so Mm -hmm. without going um obviously your simulations don't need to completely simulate the effort of a race um but yeah it's important to be mindful and and yeah it's a good learning that i've i've come across um this year and and will carry into next year for sure it's such a great example of a season and how to manage a season you literally went through such an extreme range of of ups and downs and nick i actually want to throw this to you and say watching trekkie and watching his, his results what were you thinking watching that happen and then how did you see the whole turnaround and and you know the back end as as a a cyclist and coach yourself um yeah what was your perspective watching from the outside uh, it was really interesting. I've always kind of watched Trekkie um, from afar and then it's only kind of since we started doing the podcast together um, that we spent a bit more time together and, and learn a bit more about Trekkie and get to know him. Um, I guess from the outside, I've kind of always looked at Trekkie that's always performing well, doesn't really ever seem to have any issues um, like or ups and downs, always super consistent mentally very strong um, and then doing some of the episodes with Trekkie throughout the year you could really tell um, even mentally that it was a bit down as well as physically so that was um, really interesting to see and almost kind of humanizes people in a way because you put up these elite athletes on a pedestal and think that everything's always going well for them or everything's perfect with training or whatever but um, to be over in America without your family struggling with races training um, yeah, I think it's really probably important just for the everyday athlete to see that no matter what level you are, you go through ups and downs. Um, but, you know, I guess Trekkie showed the class of athlete that he is um, to be able to turn things around. And um, I don't think we can underestimate just how good the athletes are in America doing the gravel. Like you've got world tour riders over there. Um, I mean, we've always spoken about Keegan Swenson, um, but like these guys are like, out of control and um, for him to get the results he did on the back end of the year, um, Trekkie probably starts mm-hmm. to get the kudos now that he deserves. Um, mm-hmm. It's not quite the depth here in Australia, maybe across mountain bike and definitely gravel, but when you see Trekkie starting to compete against these guys, um, yeah, I think now he's starting to get, as I said, the kudos that he kind of deserves. It's such an awesome point. Um, and, yeah, talk us through, Trekkie, that, that tough period when it wasn't going your way. You mentioned how it started to get you down and Nick just pointed that out then to go, well, shit, yeah, it's not always going according to plan. And for someone that's probably used to getting consistent good results to go through that lull, how is that mentally on you? How did you get through that taxing period? And you're obviously super proud, um, as you've mentioned, that it's probably one of the proudest parts of the year that you got through it. Um, but talk us through that lull period. What was that like? Yeah, it was it was tough and it was actually nice to talk to Nick in those um yeah, probably in the in the depths of it, to be honest. Um, <clears throat> and it's, yeah, like I say, it's not something I've really had to deal with so much. Um, but yeah, it just uh, it came about, and 
and it takes a, a while. Like I guess you're in denial for a bit about you know mm. how you're feeling, and, and you know you just try and try and try each each session to um, turn it around, I guess, and get the feelings back. But when you've um, been at it so long, like it just came a time where I was like, you know what? No, I. I know this is not right. I know I can be better than this and, and I have been for, you know, many, many years and and I need to change something because this is not working, like just trying mm. and trying and trying again. So um, I guess it was that realisation that, um, and I've had a lot of good people in my corner that I was bouncing all this off, um, which is which is really helpful. Um, and even, you know, if they're not, not a qualified person or whatever, I think if you're just bouncing ideas of someone, maybe you get that different perspective and um, and just get reassured that, you know, you, you may be listening to your body and, and it might be correct and it might be the right thing to do. And um, in the end, I was glad that I was able to do that. And um, I think, yeah, like it's it's, I don't know, I always like to err on the side of doing too much or, or, or being you know, the hard man or whatever, like mm-hmm. um, that kind of um, perspective, which I think is important and probably gets me to where I where I can be or where I've got to. Um, but at the same time, like, yeah, once you start to tip over that edge, it's like you have to kind of let go of that and, and, and yeah, trust your feelings. So, yeah, it was it was a rough time and um, not something I expected from the year. You know, this is essentially my, like, dream to be to be doing this and and certainly in uh in the middle of it it was it was not a dream it was more of a nightmare and um yeah I wanted to go home and and not do it anymore but um I don't know like uh, I once I had those results in the last part of the season like I just each time I crossed the line I was just um in a bit of shock that that I, I got to that point from where I was you know like like I was doing these interval sessions that were just embarrassing almost, and um, it was it was just completely wasting my time. And um, <laughs> yeah. so to have that feeling in the legs and and like have power in the legs again and be able to like contest for the win and stuff, it's like I don't know. It was it was um, yeah, really just uh, pleasing and and almost unbelievable for me. Trekkie, I think like uh, you probably went over there with not like overly confident. I think you knew the, the caliber of the athletes that were over there and that it was not going to be easy by any means. But um, I think whatever race that you go into, you're there to compete and you have the confidence that you're going to be there at the top end. Did you ever start to doubt yourself in the middle of the year and think, no, nah, I'm actually not at this level that these guys are? Oh, for sure, and that was the realization I'd come to. It wasn't even, I wasn't even doubting it. I was, I was, um, pretty, pretty confident in it. Um, that I wasn't going to get to that level, and and um, you know, when I went over there, like you say, I, I didn't, I didn't expect to be at the front, but I, I worked as hard as I could, uh, that I could, and and I gathered everything together to kind of have the best chance at compete like I say I got a new coach I wanted to go to a new level because I knew that these these guys like Keegan etc they're not they're at a, at another level and and I, I did I guess all I could within my power to to try and get there before I before I went um and yeah I mean like I say in, in the mid part of the, the the first race was encouraging and like this is good 
Um, but by the mid part of the season, yeah, it wasn't a matter of um, doubting it. You know, I'd almost accepted it um, that I wasn't going to be able to race with them. And yeah, yeah, it was a it was a tough sort of realization. But um, I don't know. I just it wasn't that I was thinking at that point. Um, maybe I can get back to them. Maybe I can get. It was a matter of just thinking. I just need to get feeling myself again, basically, and get feeling of power in my legs and. Um, that was what I kind of strived for after that kind of down period. And it, it wasn't a matter of, um, yeah, I can get back and I can win races. It was a matter of like, all right, I'm, I'm, I'm still doing this. I can't go home. Like it's not, you know, uh, feasible to go home and, and just pull out now. It's like, I've had people, people hit on this ride on this journey supporting me. Um, I just need to kind of, you know, if all I get by the end of the year is some good feelings and, and, and maybe some top tens or whatever, then then that would be enough and, and I could say that I, you know, dug myself out of that hole and, and, and gave it a crack till the end of the, the series and the end of the trip that I had planned. So, uh, but, you know, that that faith kind of, um, yeah, got me to, to the podium and, um, yeah, close to the top step. So um, I guess that, that was a big lesson of mine as, as well, like mentally to, and it's a new, uh, it's a new learning for me to, to come from that level of low, like I've had lows in the past, but for sure with health, etc. But um, yeah, not so much with like overtraining and that sort of thing, and, and, a, and a big form slump. So yeah, it was uh, it was a really nice thing to learn about myself, and um, yeah, it was it was nice to kind of dive. I mean, while at the time it wasn't so nice, but to come from there and uh, and back to success is like. Um, you know that that has a really positive effect going forward on life and uh, and racing itself. Shows how deep you were that you were literally weighing up the options of how you could get home and whether you know that was feasible. And you were obviously mentally going through the logistics of can I actually just throw the towel in here? What was the turning point? Absolutely. What? Yeah. What? Yeah. What? When did it turn for you? And what? What were the factors that turned it? Do you think? Yeah, it's it's funny you say that. I and uh, I did another podcast with uh, Payson about uh, on his his one about, and he asked the same question. I think, and um, so in the midpoint of our our series is Leadville, the um, big uh, hundred mile mountain bike race in um, Leadville, Colorado, at three thousand meters plus um, elevation, um, and. You know, on the way, like I'd, I'd had, I think I took two weeks off in the middle of the season, which was due to this like overtraining over, yeah, this situation that had arisen, um, and I just had to kind of panic and and take two weeks off completely, and um, that was a couple of weeks before Leadville, I think, which is not ideal, and I pretty much thought, look, I'm going to have to kind of throw this race as well, um, but I'll go and I'll do it. It's only like an hour and a half from where I was living, and. Um, and, you know, at least I'll be fresher than what I have been at the other altitude races. So, yeah, it, you know, and even on the way out, like, I mean, sometimes the, the weeks before that, I actually felt okay and, like, better than I had done given that rest. And then um, so I had this, like, tiny, minuscule bit of confidence that I would be able to actually get through the race and feel some some good feelings. But, I mean, even on the way, it's a, it's an out-and-back course, right? So you just uh, you leave town and then you, you basically ride um, – over a couple of pretty decent climbs and then out to uh, the Columbine, which is like um, this huge peak. Uh, maybe it takes like an hour to get up-ish. Um, 
and you just flip it at the top and then send it back down and, and yeah, you go all the way, same way back. Um, so the way out, I actually got dropped from the front on the first main climb, which I think is maybe you know, 20, 30K into the race. I got dropped um, from the front group and just, um, which is a bit of a disaster at that point because after this climb, it's like flat roads to the bottom of the Columbine. And if you're in, a, if you're in the front group, you're like get towed along and, and it's sweet. Um, but I just couldn't hang with them, you know, the the, mm. the breathing and everything was just uh, an issue and it's like um, I just knew that if I was going to work so hard to stay with them there, like it's a six-hour race, um, you know, it, I need I need what I can in the back half and, and I talked to other people about it actually. Um, it's a famous race and, and people know how, how kind of the toll of the, the back end of it is. So I just had to let them go there and, and ride my own kind of race. Um, out to Columbine and then um, actually with Dylan Johnson, we kind of hit the bottom of it together with maybe um, the marathon world champ at the time, which was, was kind of cool. And um, yeah, I, I knew that Dylan would be doing like a um, a steady pace up the climb. I knew, he talks about his watts all the time and I knew he would have like a set wattage, which, which he knew he could sustain um, comfortably. And I was like, I'm just going to keep him, you know, 10 meters in front of him up the climb and um that's what i did we we rode up the climb kind of together pretty much and it was just like this pace that i just seemed to be able to really comfortably like ride at um which is the first time i'd felt comfortable for some time on the bike you know in a race situation and um and not going backwards you know i'd have i was having these huge explosions um even in races when I when I thought I'd conserved, you know, like I, I thought I hadn't even fired a shot yet. But then when I went to fire the shot, it was just like lights out, which was, which was really strange. And um, but this is the first time I I was just comfortable and and not drifting backwards. I was actually we were, we were passing people and um, yeah. By the top, um, I actually was feeling really good, which is which is so strange. And this is actually the the very midpoint in in uh, our season halfway mm-hmm. <laughs> halfway through Leadville yeah yeah um and halfway through the series um and we flip it at the top and then uh he was actually on a drop bar like mountain bike which is pretty gnarly um <laughs> and I was like I'm not gonna let him out like well we descended together basically and then and then um just jumped on his wheel and he was motoring home and we were just passing people and this was like in my head you know and this was already a win for me like to be to be moving forward at this point in a race and um it was really cool and and um you know i think i passed i don't know we passed maybe 10 people from there to the finish and and just finishing strong as like that was just you know the result wasn't that great i think i was 15th or 14th or something but um for me that was the turning point and and like i say it wasn't about the results so much as just like like I say, when you when you are this deep into a career, you know what's a good feeling in yourself. And yeah. um, I hadn't had that for a while. And then and then in Leadville, I was having this feeling towards the end of the race, which was really nice. And um, that was kind of where it turned around. And then after that, it was a matter of like, okay, I know where I'm at, like fitness wise. Now I've got a decent read on that. And now then you can comfortably like take the rest when you need to take the rest because you're not stressed about not doing enough like I had a really good read on my fitness there and and then from then it was yeah I'd gone back to my old coach Ben Hill and um he you know our discussion was look you're not going to get um any better from here in terms of like load or training we all you need to do is like peak for the races so 
Yeah. You know, the biggest like stress here is 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 being rested and and you know we want your form to be like premium on each of the races and your shape is actually not bad. Like my my fitness was good and it was just a matter of like hitting the the race races with targets fresh and like ready to race um and feeling good and and it it really paid off and um i guess the the main lesson is like you know i do a lot of work in the summer um yep and don't discount that that work that you've done like um it's going to pay dividends towards the end of your your the season or you know your your target race or whatever um you don't have to keep loading 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 on top of that um yeah it's a, it's a great lesson because i think the mentality is a lot of the time is all of a sudden, I'm not fit anymore. Yes, it's like yep. The fitness will never left you, right? Um, yep. A lot of it is the the mental space behind it, and as being overtrained and probably just needing to get rid of some of that load. But that is the mentality. So often is is oh, I'm not fit anymore. <laughs> yeah, that's the thing. I mean, uh, I was scratching my head, going, "How how am I not fit? You know, I've, I've done I've done <laughs> 27 kind of hours this week at altitude. I've done 25 hours." Yeah. You know, with interval, et cetera, et cetera. I've done the work. How am I not in, in shape? You know, that was my that was my biggest sort of question at that time. Um, and the natural response is like more, more, do more. Like you know, you you, you obviously you know, haven't done enough. But um, as I got, like I say, got to that realization within myself that I was cooked, and um, you know, then you can start to like reassess and take a step back and look at it, look at what you're doing, and. And really, like, yeah, answer that question. I guess how am I how am I not fit? Well, you are. It's you just cooked, and, and um, yeah, it's it's the way your season unfolded is such an incredible metaphor, and so similar and parallel to how just a general gravel race or an endurance race goes down. And Nick, you spoke about this when we were doing a coaching video before the dirty warning. How in the race you just go through so many you know trials and tribulations. You go up and down so much, um, and you really spoke about just expecting that the absolute worst can go wrong, um, and then riding through it, and then just knowing you're going to have low periods. It might be a half hour period. It might be in Trekkie. It was half your season. It was a low period. Um, it came to a race <laughs> where where you many hours. you just have to get through that. And and Nick, I love how you speak about that. And in a six, seven, eight hour, nine hour race. You've just got to get through those periods and you can come through the back half and, and, and shine through again. Yeah, I mean, uh, I have said that a lot of times and that is the reality of most races, but I think the difficult thing is actually when you're in those moments. Uh, I mean, I can sit here on a podcast and say you just need to work through it, but the reality <laughs> is when you're in that moment, it's bloody tough as well. Um, you know, As Trekkie found out throughout the season and even doing the dirty warning recently, like... Um, when you actually get into that moment, you can tell yourself it's the time, it's a rough time. You just have to work through it, but um, you, it's pretty dark patch. So it's not exactly, it's not easy. Yeah, I, I guess turning it, Trekkie, um, back half, you had some unbelievable results. Correct me exactly, you got on the podium twice. Um, talk us through that feeling and, and those moments. Yeah, it was it was good. At um, so the second last race was in Trinidad, Colorado. Um, the rad uh, gravel, and it was like 170, 180Ks, I think, um, at some altitude too. Like we, I think we topped out at like 2,700 metres or something. So not nothing, but uh, I mean not the heights of, of something like Leadville. Um, and 
Yeah, I was just on one of those days, like, uh, and my confidence was building, but I still had this huge cloud of doubt over my body and and its ability to to be involved in a race, even mm. you know, like mm. without without conking out and and exploding. Um, and you know, within that race itself, like I felt really good. Um, um, it, it basically goes out, does a, a loop with a climb, and then comes back. So the the way out's kind of slowish, and and the way back is really quick, um, with a kind of decent climb at, at the sort of uh, furthest point. Um, but you know, the the fast guys kind of um we're going maybe halfway up this climb and um, I knew this is kind of the crux of the race and, and, but, but I was really having a hard time trusting my, my body and, and knowing that I could um, actually be involved in it. So I kind of just went at this point across to maybe a group of five or six that had gone and, and I left some kind of big names that were surrounded by me and they were kind of looking around like no one's coming. And I've just like closed this gap basically, um, with ease and and at that point that was like a turning point for me like in that race itself is like actually you know what i think i'm on a i think i'm on a good one and um if i'm able to just bridge a gap to these guys who are obviously um, exceptional riders and climbers um just by myself and, and comfortably get there and then get straight into the work and 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 um you know push on up the climb and i think over the top we had only three of us um with stetner and um Oh, the other guy, I forget, but, um, and Alexi, um, so there's three of us at the top of this main climb. And at that point, I'm like, you know, we dropped a few others and, uh, they came back, but it was just a matter of like trusting myself and trusting my body that I was, I was on a good day and, and these kind of poor feelings and moments had left me and, and I was able to compete. But still, even in, in, in the final, like I, um, probably should have waited for the sprint in that race. There was like some big, hills coming back into town like some big uh kind of punchy climbs there's three of them and (laughs) yeah i don't know i'm not bad in a sprint after that kind of race and um for whatever reason just lacking confidence i I, like attacked Mm. on the second last climb where um i barely shook them and that was my bullet and that was the one bullet i had and yeah it's like uh looking back at it that was just a really poor the poor decision and it, and it came from the roots of you know just not not being confident yeah. and not not um trusting myself that i could compete um but at the same time like third for me in that race um from where i come from was you know it blew my mind and i didn't yeah. i didn't expect that and um you know and that was just a confidence thing from there like um Going into the the final race, um, Big Sugar in ben- Bentonville, um, I knew that race would suit me and no altitude, punchy climbs all day. Um, however, quite chunky gravel. So there's, there's a really, it's got a real reputation for flat tires and mechanical issues. Um, which I don't know. I wasn't, I didn't seem to be that worried about like when I pre-rode it, but the thing was in the race, the speed was so much higher and the, um, you know, in the group of 30 or 40 or 50 riders at, at, speeds that you would ride a road race at with with rocks mm. this big you know it's yeah, yeah it's a different story so i guess a little bit of my prep was maybe um underdone there and i punched twice which um wasn't ideal um but at the same thing like i got this punch up maybe 20 miles into the race the group was still 50 or so so moving real quick people are trying to get away the race is on um and for a sec, like it went straight to the rim. And for a second, I'm like, that's, that's it, you know, and this is my chance to move up in the overall. 
Mm-hmm. Um, you know, I'm thinking for a split second, I was like, that's my, that's my kind of title fight over, or, you know, series fight over. Um, but straight away, I seemed to be able to just fix it and, and, and get back into it and, um, really work back towards the front. And, and, you know, I think I was three minutes back at one point and then, yeah, got back to the front and I was sort of like, oh, I'm back and yeah. now we can race again. And then, you know, it got down to like five of us, um, or six maybe. And, you know, the best guys in the race, Keegan was there and, um, and the plugs that I'd plugged in my tire had actually come out. And, um, but this is the kind of day I was on, you know, at that point I, I, I didn't even care. I was just sort of, was like, Oh, I'll just, I'll just put the plug it again, pump it up and, and get back. Like it, it wasn't like, um, which, I, yeah, I don't get into that mindset very often. Um, it, it's only, well, for me at least, certain days or times where you're, you know, you're, you're that confident or, um, that positive, I guess, to be able to have stuff like that set you back. And then, I don't know, your body is just like on one of those days where it's, it just won't be beaten, right? It's just like, you know, um, not even mentally can, can you beat me, like, um, in terms of, yeah, I, I never felt like I was down and out, which, yeah. I mean, thousands of times this happens in training and, 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 yeah. and other races where something happens and you just throw the towel in. And, but, like, you can't you can't expect to have that mentality. Well, I can't expect to have the mentality every race or every training ride that, you know, when the when stuff goes wrong or whatever, that, that you just bounce back and, and, and you have one of the best rides of your life. Um, that's not something I can do every day but you know it's fortunate that it happened on that day and I was able to kind of get to that get that out of myself and what was your feeling after that euphoria how how was it relief yeah it was it was it was a strange feeling and I crossed the finish line there I mean we had like a, a five or six way sprint um and yeah I just I kind of hit out kind of early and and i just i was waiting for someone to come past me and no one was coming you know keegan keegan was in the sprint alexi um and no one's coming and i'm just thinking like holy shit you know like and and even in the video like i i was that uh um like kind of in shock of what was happening that i i even sat down in in the sprint and and then uh toby the the guy who actually wasn't in the grand prix he's like just kept going and 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 won the race. Um, but it was just a, just a really strange feeling to be like, yeah, hit the front and, and, and leave those guys behind. And, um, I was just in this weird place and, um, second there and first in the Grand Prix was, was, uh, it was, I just like fell in a heap over my bike at the end because I just did not expect, you know, mm. um, to get to that level from, from where I was. And, and, and I, I am. Um, but you know that was the day I was on. I was on such a such a great day, and even after the second flat, um, as I'm coming back across this gap, I'm thinking like in my head, I'm like, I, you know what? I'm just going to go fucking straight past them, and and that's going to be my move, and I'm I'm going to go you know solo from here. And and but when I got back there, there was like all the the media cars and the um, everything was like kind of blocking the road, so I, I I didn't have the chance to do that. But um. Yeah, it was special to be uh, to be in that mindset um, on that day where it was pretty important um, in terms of points, and and I got the maximum points that I could have. So absolutely, uh, just chuffed with 
yeah, myself and um, yeah, the the learnings that I was able to kind of go through and um, yeah, it's valuable. You've um, had a lot of good results, Trekkie. Would you put that right up there with um, top five or even the best result that you've you've had in your career? Yeah, I think I probably would. Uh, it's probably I have to probably put it down as at least one of one of the best, if not their best. Um, yeah, like uh, and like I say, it's it's meant that I can go and do it again next year. You know, if I, yeah. it's a pretty uh, fickle beast, like sponsorship and and you know it's expensive to do it from here um and without like i mean unfortunately it's like results just just speak um dollars and 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 sponsors and um exposure so um oh, it's not unfortunate but like you know that can be hard to come by especially with someone like keegan in the races who seems to um yeah you know mop them all up which um yeah so uh in terms of like importance and um, you know, and that part, that resilience kind of that I was able to you know um, show, um, that have to put that down as yeah one of my best ever. Um, and you know, I had my family there, and mm. it was just like we were flying home the next day. It was just a special special way to finish. Um, um, I'm interested to know. I mean, it, oh, sorry, Jordy. Um, this was it was like a pretty big decision for you, right? You were working full time. You got into the Lifetime Grand C, uh, Grand Prix Series, stepped away from work to focus on this and cycling to essentially become your career at this point. Um, have you had a chance to step back and um, put into perspective that this is going to be viable now for you for at least the next year? Um, given the top ten do qualify um, for another spot, so you know essentially this could be. The next couple of years, you do get to live out somewhat, a, you know, being a pro cyclist. Given, you know, when you're a bit younger, that's what you aspire to. With the mountain bike, didn't quite happen, but now here you are living it out. Yeah, it is. It is funny. Um, and if you had said this to me, like even uh, a year ago, that that this is where I'd be and this is what I'd be doing, um, I would have uh, been very surprised and. You know, it, it it was a crazy step to to even go and do it. You know, like I've I've had a decent racing career. I've got a good setup life wise, and you know we, we're happy here, and um, it was all going well. And it's nice to like, you know, I had a good job and stuff. It's nice to be comfortable in that sense. Um, so what we what we were doing was kind of getting a bit uncomfortable, which um, yeah, certainly when it wasn't going well was was really uncomfortable. Um, Mm. and it was hard to even live out that experience positively like because you know um it wasn't wasn't performing i wasn't you know holidaying i wasn't there was not much to kind of um draw from you know in terms of positivity i was away from my young daughter and wife and and all this so um it was a crazy step and um yeah like i say uncomfortable but um yeah it's 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 paid off um and to to be able to yeah, do it again, and and perhaps the year after we'll see. But um, it's it's going to be year on year for me. Like uh, like I say, you know, hopefully I can form some some longer term partnerships and yeah. um, make it make it viable um, into years to come. But um, for sure, next year's kind of sorted, and um, it's it's nice to be in that that spot. And um, you know, being a being a pro is is something that, like you say, I 
I hadn't done in my career, essentially, you know, um, done a lot of things, but um, I'd never put that kind of emphasis on, on my racing as a, as a full-time thing. And um, yeah, it's a, it's a funny place to find myself at uh, 32 years old tomorrow. <laughs> <laughs> oh, is it? Your birthday tomorrow. That's awesome. Happy birthday. What a, what a way to finish yeah. the season with that result. Um, and then you, you end up um, seventh overall in the series. Where do you rate that result? Because halfway through the season, yep. <laughs> it meant something different to how it felt at the end of the season. Where do you rate seventh place overall? And congratulations on that, by the way. Yeah, thanks. Um, yeah, I mean, it was it was sort of like uh, I think I looked at my um, you know my progression from the the kind of midpoint was like I think I was like twenty six or something, fifteenth, um, third, and then first in the. Like that was my progression in terms of yeah. series points in the last like four races, <laughs> um, which is pretty crazy. Um, and yeah, I mean, I think at the low point, maybe I was like 20th or something in the, in the standings. Um, and it, it is that fickle. Like if you're running 20th, um, I mean, you're not coming back, not from Australia, not, well, not unless you've got a lot of money and, and, and you can make it happen. But it, I mean, you might come back, but it's difficult. Like it's mm. really difficult and, and it's going to be a passion project. Um, yep. but yeah, if you can push into that top 10 and like, uh, show yourself and prove yourself, like it, it's certainly going to make it easier. Um, and, and more possible. Um, for me, for me, I was, I wasn't set on, on doing it again and, and kind of making it as such. I, that was my goal, like to, to, um, see if I could grab one of these opportunities and, um, I knew there's opportunity over there and, and that was where I went and that was what I set out to do, but I wasn't, uh, you know, it wasn't the be all and end all. Like I, I can happily just, and it's, it's like I say, way more comfortable just to live here and, um, do the races you enjoy and, and have, have a stable job and all this. But, um, yeah, ho- hopefully, you know, it's worthwhile and, you know, it's inspiring to my daughter that, um, you know, you, you can do something crazy and, and maybe it pays off and, and, and don't just like settle in and, and get comfy. You know, it, it was a crazy thing to do and a crazy thing to, um, chance to take it. And, and, um, but I hope it, it sort of paid off in the sense that, you know, like I've got a young daughter and I hope that she, you know, she obviously came with me for a part of it and, and saw what I was up to. And, and, um, yeah, I hope that she takes from it. You know, she's very young, but, that you can do something crazy and, um, you know, not, not to just sit around it and sort of settle in and, and, and take a chance on something. And, uh, maybe it's a, a bit cliche or whatever, but, you know, for me, that's, that's kind of the, what I'd settled into was a matter of, you know, steady job. And, um, obviously I've been racing all this time, but, um, it was time that I, I made a crazy call and, and, and left my stable job and business and, um, yeah, I, I decided that uh, it was our time to do something something crazy and um, bring them along for the ride. And, yeah, I hope it's inspired her and, you know, to do whatever she wants to do and um, perhaps others maybe. You know, I've, I've, I've had friends that have quit their job and, and moved to something else that they enjoy more. And um, especially with, like, you know, a, a, a male of my kind of age, I think it's pretty it's pretty uh, easy to kind of just, just stay, stay with what you're doing and not um, – branch out and do something you love or you know I, I didn't never love being an electrician but I did it for 11 or more years um 
and I got to the point where I was just really not enjoying it and, and, and that was something I had to change and um, it takes a lot to actually make that call and, you know, people judge mm. you or whatever for, um, yeah, going, going training and, and doing all this. But um, it, it, it's something that I had to do and I'm really glad that, that we made the call or that, you know, I, I made the call and, and made them come along. So, so I really just want to hear from you. What is the resilience lesson? Because you said that you had a low period. Nick, you called it and you said, it's easy to tell yourself, oh, this is a hard period, just get through it. But what specifically is the lesson here? How did you get through it? You know, what did, what did you do to get through it, to get through that hard part? Yeah, I think, uh, yeah, like Nick was saying, like it is easy now to sit sit here and say, oh, just, just push through to get better. But um, for me, it was a matter of, you know, um, trusting and believing in in where I've been before and what my body's been capable of before and I knew that that wasn't it and that if I just hung on and just waited and was patient and 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 took the right steps talked to the right people um that I could get back to a respectable level and and like I say just feel find that feeling again that I knew that I knew was inside me and has been for many many years and um yeah, that, that for me is a lesson, you know, you know, talk to people and, and get people who are going to reassure you that, that you will get back or that you will get through. Um, again, it's, it's cliche, but like, uh, for me, I'd never lived it out. And, um, yeah, I, I have spoken to a lot of people and, and told them this, this story and, and, and said that, you know, like when, when you get to that point, maybe you never do, but, um, those struggles where it, where it's tough and, and and you need to kind of just hang tight and and ride it out. Um, yeah, that that was my kind of lesson with it. Just I don't know. I and I didn't really have many options. Like coming home was one of them, but um, that would have been a proper mm. failure, and I wasn't up for that. So um, yeah, I just had to trust myself and trust my body. And I, I know I'm a better athlete than what I was and uh, was you know performing at and. Um, yeah, it was something I had to just kind of ride out. And, um, yeah, like you say, within, within endurance sport, that's a thing that happens in every race, you know, even, you know, the guys at the front, you know, they're not, they're not feeling their best the whole time generally. Um, but it's a matter of riding that wave of, you know, kind of lull of, of good feeling and, and, and getting through it. And yeah, yeah, like I say, it's cliche, but I think it's, uh, it's a real thing and, and I had to live it out. So, um, yeah, I'm glad that I did, to be honest. What an awesome answer. So I want to finish this podcast by talking about our home gravel race, uh, the Dirty Warning, which is really exciting. We, we officially partnered with the Dirty Warning this year. Um, it's a race that had some has some momentum and getting a bit of popularity around it. And Nick, you touched on the fact that the gravel scene isn't as big here, but we're really pumped about you know the popularity it's getting and, and how fun it is. So yeah, I'll start with you, Nick. Um, how was your experience with the Dirty Warning? And you actually ended up finishing 30 seconds behind Trekkie. So after all your conversations this year, um, yeah, talk us through the race and, and your thoughts on it. Uh, it was pretty funny heading into the race, actually, because it was pretty aggressive early on. Um, and Trekkie was making a, a few moves. I was uh, I was on his wheel the whole time because I knew he was the man to watch. So <laughs> it was pretty funny developing this relationship um, throughout uh, the podcast this year, not really knowing each other that well. And then um yeah it all culminating in uh basically currently australia's biggest gravel race um yeah it was a super tough day it was a headwind um all day i actually remember trekkie turning around at one point being like this is going to take like eight and a half hours uh, because the headwind was so strong um and i think 
last year was like seven hours 15 or something like that so conditions were were really tough um and i'd actually taken a bit of inspiration out of uh trekkies year as such um i guess with gravel racing i'd kind of usually been in that second group but always felt like um i was good enough to be in the first group um and uh on the kom things split up a lot and i think there might have been seven eight of us trekkie was there and mark o'brien um brennan davids um and you know the real top gravel racers here in australia and I, i made um made the split and was in that group so um it was almost like my little mini moment of what trekkie had this year yeah, but um yeah. that culmination of um feeling like that you where you should be um so yeah it was a it was a great race for me um in terms of my confidence and um i'll definitely take that moving forward unfortunately i lost contact on the descent um it was pretty sketchy it'd been graded during the week so it was super loose big rocks and um a couple of riders ahead of me just took a wrong line uh, the wrong line and um subsequently meant a few behind us um kind of got caught out um that's the nature of a gravel racing so i kind of faced my own tough period um thinking that i was in the front group that was the race and um this could be something and then all of a sudden uh you're out of that front group and you know that you've got five hours ahead of you and that's probably the race done um but yeah, we're through some some tough moments throughout that race, but then still salvaged a really good result with a top ten. Um, and I'm a year older than Trekkie. Uh, probably won't quit my job just yet, um, <laughs> but uh, it's a great great confidence booster for me. Um, I guess even with nationals coming up, um, uh, you know that um, I'm not going in that I can win it by any means, but that I'm good enough to get around, which would be a great result in itself. And Trekkie, your experience coming home from America and um, taking on a gravel race in Oz, the biggest one, as Nick said, yeah, how was how did your day pan out? Oh, I mean, it, I've it was a struggle to get down there to be honest. I uh, by this point, I'm like, yeah, pretty pretty done <laughs> yeah. with racing for that. I mean, you don't just yeah, get exactly. up and do the dirty warning. It's like you have to get up at super early and you have to prep all your stuff, which gets tiring by the you know, by that point in the year and, but at the same token, you know, I, I wanted to kind of, I just had the couple of weeks off and, um, but I still wanted to, and I thought I would actually be better than I was on the day, to be honest, like my feeling was not good at all. Um, still had some, some strength obviously, but, um, I think just my mindset was a bit, a bit beaten. And, um, like I say, you don't just, you don't just pedal through the dirty warning and, and win it. Like you, are. Yeah, it's a it's a tough day out, and guys like Marco and stuff um, didn't didn't make it any easier. But um, yeah, I mean, yeah, like I say, I want I wanted to be there because it's a big race, and and it's the premier race. It's a it's the journey from uh, Geelong to Warrnambool. It's cool. It's good roads, um, and you know, I put my best foot forward that I that I could and that I had on the day um, to kind of uh, try and repeat last year, but. Yeah, I think I was just in a bit of a different um, different mind space um, in terms of competing for for the win, and and yeah, my feeling wasn't wasn't as good on the day, and we actually got dropped on the I guess you'd call it like the second kind of main climb with maybe a hundred hundred ish k's to go, um, and from there it was just a bit of a a death march to the finish, um, but it was kind of nice to just just kind of I mean. We uh we rode pretty hard until um the last little bit and 
but then I think in the the finished part, um, it's kind of like through the fields and stuff, or the parks and whatever. And we were just like chatting, me and um, Ollie, um, about the day or whatever, and we didn't realize that these guys were like storming in behind us. <laughs> so we we had not seen them for some time, and then we crossed the line, and they were literally on our on our tail. Um, but it was cool to teach us close racing. I mean the um, yeah, obviously the 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 winner was uh way out ahead. That was really impressive. Um but uh yeah, I mean yeah, it, it's just a cool race and, and it's the biggest race we have and and I had to be there and, and give it my best crack. But um yeah, it's challenging, that's for sure. I mean that course in itself is is right up there with as hard as it gets in terms of length and, and, and you know, the climbing and stuff. You know, you don't typically have that level of climbing. Even just after you do the main climb up into into forest, it just rolls on and on and on from there. Um, it's not a matter of getting to forest and downhill to Warnable at all. You know, as Nick will tell you, it's, it rolls on, and that's a that's a brutal course. It's it's harder than um, yeah a, a lot of the big races in the US for sure. Yeah, I agree. Um, I didn't really done a big race like that probably since Unbound two years ago, and I I had kind of forgotten the toll that it takes on you. Like I was, I was absolutely smashed by the end of it, um, and for a good couple of days after, um, I'm glad I didn't have to do eight of those races um, throughout the year and do the mm. lifetime. It's um, it's bloody tough. So kudos to anyone that, that tackles it and just completed the day because it is right up there with one of the most brutal things you, I think you can do in Oz. The fact that both of you have said that and, you know, Trekkie, you're saying coming back from what you did in America and saying how tough the course was just shows how tough a race it is. So we're going to wrap up there. It's been a monster episode. Trekkie, thank you so much for giving us your insights. The story you've had this year is really inspiring and the, the lessons you've shared is just awesome for any endurance athlete and we can't wait to see how you go next year. Obviously, a lot of learnings. We can't wait to see you give it another crack, especially getting a preview this year into your season and watching it unfold and now getting a review. Um, yeah, we can't wait to see how you go next year it's really exciting so thanks thanks for jumping on mate yeah thanks and and you know thanks to to the triavela team and um yeah i mean bringing people on onto my kind of uh you know your audience into mine um has been nice and and, and hopefully yeah people can tackle their own endurance sport goals um with some little little tiny bit of extra inspiration that's awesome i can't wait to see you both uh racing each other again at nationals uh, in probably i think it's five or six weeks time to the day almost i think it's six weeks to the day um, can't wait to see you lining up together so nick thanks for jumping on as well mate uh, appreciate it and uh that's it for this episode see you in the next one